Greetings, premium subscribers. It's Dave. We're back from Macworld Expo, and this will be Mac Geek Gab 243 that we recorded on the show floor on Thursday, February 11th. Uh, as indicated in 244, this comes a little bit out of order. In fact, exactly one show out of order, simply due to the need for uh, some very minor editing uh, in terms of pulling the audio file out and kind of cropping and then adding this little intro and things like that. So uh, without further ado, here we go. Greetings, folks. Oh, my gosh. It's time. Hi, John. Hello. Ow. All right, so. I got zapped. Uh, let's, what happened to my mouse? If I, can't, if I can't use the mouse, we can't do any of this. Uh, we might as well start this off like a regular Geek Gab. Since, uh, since that's what it is, and then we'll just go from there. Yeah, okay. So this will be the Mac Observer's Mac Geek Gab number 243 for Thursday, February 11th, live from the show floor at Macworld Expo 2010. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Uh, for everyone listening, because there will be people listening that aren't here, uh, we are recording this live at Macworld Expo, so the flow is going to be a little bit different. We're going to take some live questions. Uh, John and I have some things to talk about, right? Absolutely. But, uh, first of all, thank you so much for coming. You got, uh, you know, it's somebody said that nobody was coming to Macworld. I, uh, I heard that on the way in, uh, uh, on the, the shuttle, and I'm amazed that I got in. I don't know if you followed my travels. I got the last plane out of Hartford. Uh, and then to Chicago, and then here. So, um, but but I heard on the radio there was a, a supposed a, you know radio personality saying, oh, people just come to this for Steve Jobs and Apple. No one's going to show up. And uh, I got to say, looking here, that is certainly not the case. So, yeah. who needs Apple? <laughs> we don't need them here. That's right. Um, so, thank you so much for for coming. Uh, I think the first thing we should do, John, is. We had the opportunity to visit the show floor a little bit earlier uh, today, so we're going to go through some of the things that we found, some cool stuff found, if you will, from the show floor, mm. and uh, talk about what you can go and see and, and make sure you don't miss some of the cool things. And, uh, and then we've got some questions queued up, but what we'll do first is we'll go to you folks and see if we can play a little bit of Stump the Geek, and we've got some party tickets to give away, and, uh, and we've got some, some other things to do, but... Uh, that's where we'll start. So you want to start, John? Uh, I'm going to start here. So some of the things that I found. Um, one thing here, which uh, it's not quite ready yet, but um, but our friends over here at uh, iFi, um, I already have one of these cards. This thing is awesome. Um, the one that I have does geocoding and upload. They have a new one here, the uh, Pro X2, and from what I see here, it does geotagging. It does RAW. I know a lot of real photographers like RAW. And it does ad hoc networking, which is a thing that I've been uh, pestering them about. So um, uh, check these guys out. Again, the orange booth right over there. And, uh, and it's a really neat product. Uh, it's an SD card that goes into pretty much any camera that takes an SD card. Cool. Um, the first one I want to mention is a company, and I think they're right over here, called HyperMac, but I might be disoriented. They are making uh, external batteries for not just the iPod and iPhone, which are really easy to do because you use the dock connector and it's that simple, but also for your MacBook or your MacBook Pro. Uh, 
and as as you may or may not know, these uh, these MagSafe connectors don't. Uh, Apple doesn't license this, so the only place you can get one of these is from Apple. So unfortunately, what these guys have to do is buy uh, standard Apple power bricks and tear them apart so that they can get these connectors, and then they can sell you an external battery. And they've got them in all different shapes and sizes, but uh, you know, for an airplane, right there they are. They're right, right directly behind us. You don't have to look. It's okay. So I shouldn't have pointed because that's, that's bad. You know, if I do this, everybody's going to look over there. So we won't do that again. Uh, I'll try and keep my hands. I'll sit on my hands. Uh, you don't get to see us when we podcast, and I'm constantly flailing around, and I talk with my hands a whole lot. You are? Yeah, you don't know. You don't. You don't know that I do half the podcast standing on my head, and then the other half on my feet to keep nature in balance. No. <laughs> okay. Whatever. But anyway, it's cool, and they've got them, like I said, in all different shapes and sizes. So you match it to how much juice you need for whatever machine you've got, and uh, and uh, it's pretty cool. They've 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 really been able to pack them down weight wise. You can triple the size of your battery, uh, or triple the size of your the, the amount of runtime you have, if you will, uh, and and not add you know. A, huge amount of weight to that which you're carrying around with you. So, Hyper Mac. Great. Okay. Uh, another one I saw here. Uh, I, I forget where exactly they are. Car MD. Yeah, somewhere Sorry. over there. Sorry. Point. Car MD. Uh, it's basically a little computer. You know how a lot of uh, modern vehicles, not that I have one, I still have a 94 Saturn SL2 with 246,000 miles on it. John um, F. Braun, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> I use things until they break. I'm still running Eudora. Any, anybody still run Eudora? Oh, boy. Okay. It broke a long time Sorry. ago, man. <laughs> it still works. Um, but it's basically a, a car computer, uh, also with Mac software, and it'll suck the data out of uh, the data that the car collects. It'll give you operational information, um, uh, all sorts of things. And I guess it could really help you save some money, learn you know, what's wrong with your car if you're going to be talking a $10 repair or a $1,000 repair. So uh, I think that's neat, and they do now uh, support the Mac, so check that out. Yeah, you stole my, my next one. But it's okay. I got lots. Um, verbatim, they're n- near the entrance, like over that way, uh, toward the front. They have their tough and tiny USB drive. Has anybody here seen these things? They've, they've been around for a little while. Yeah. Um, they, they've got a 16-gig version coming out. They're at 4 and 8 are out now. The 16 comes out in about three weeks. This thing is, it, it's, it, it's tiny. It's... Um, you know, maybe the size of my thumb, but but really flat, and it's it's got some contacts on one side of it. And it's like okay, 16 gigs, it's all packed in one. Yeah, it's got some electrical contacts. I said okay, so where's the adapter? You know, how do I fit this thing into my computer because my computer doesn't have a slot like that. And of course, they baited me because I said exactly those words, and they said, of course it does. Your computer has probably two or three of these slots. This fits right into a USB slot, so it's a USB. It's, it's got the USB connector without the housing, so you're just literally sliding the thing right into the slot. It's, it, every, it's totally sealed, which means it's waterproof. You can hang it on your keychain as long as you don't over-scratch the, uh, the contacts and make it completely un- unusable from that standpoint. You're good to go, and uh, it's uh, obviously solid-state because it's solid-state RAM. So that's verbatim, and it's cool to, uh, to see them here. So. More? Okay, yeah, more. Keep going. I uh, saw these guys when I came in. Uh, caught my eye because uh, they were pretty colors. Um, Silo Ink. Um, I don't know if anybody has an inkjet printer. I just got a new one. Uh, a HP B8550 has CYM black and photo black. It'll do up to, gosh, I think 19 by, 13 by 19 and even, even larger because I want to uh, you know, just print larger photos. 
I don't know how many drops of ink they put into the cartridges that it came with. I, I, was, I printed like maybe 20 pages or 25 pages before it said they were empty. So I hope this is not the way this thing works. But these guys have two systems, so I think they, they sell compatible cartridges. But then they also have this apparatus that actually looks to be external to the printer and will constantly be feeding ink. And then you can see the levels externally so you can tell if it's really out of ink. Because one thing that drives me nuts about a lot of these inkjet guys is they'll say it's empty when it's really not empty. And there's really no way of knowing it unless you bust the thing open. So um, I would say check them out if, if you don't want to go broke uh, with uh, inkjet printer ink. Cool. Um, I'll talk about some iPhone apps. There's, there's a couple of different shanty towns here this year, and, and I, I always use that word with love because it's often my favorite spot on the show floor. There's one over here which is mostly Mac stuff, um, and it, it's where all the, the developers can come in. It doesn't cost big budget to do a big, huge you know, booth like Microsoft or Dr. Bot or Speech, and they can come here and show you what they've done. And the cool thing is you know, you're usually not talking to marketing people because chances are if they can't afford a big booth, they, you know, they're usually one, two, maybe three-man shows. And uh, so you get to talk to the people that wrote the software. And I was over in the iPhone one, which is over there. And you've got to be care- you got to go through this. If, if you're an iPhone user or not, you've got to go through it. Uh, but you have to go through very carefully because there are tables. Let's, uh, let's say there's uh, you know, maybe 25 tables. Uh, but each table has four different vendors at it. Right? So you could be talking to somebody here and the guy right next to him is totally unrelated other than he also makes an iPhone app. So uh, Byte Squared is over there. If you have uh, the need to view, edit, and create Word and Excel documents on the go, these guys have a pretty cool solution. Uh, it's called Office Squared, and you can create Word and Excel documents. You can pull them down from, uh, from Google Docs, or you can pull them down from... Uh, can we help you, sir? All right, all right. He just <laughs> siloing. It'll be in the show notes. <laughs> um, so you can pull them down from Google Docs, which is very cool because you can edit stuff from the cloud, and you can also pull them down from iDisk. They don't have support for Dropbox yet, but I'm told it's coming. Uh, and they say it's like real soon now coming, submitting to the App Store in the next week or two. So uh, from Byte Squared, you got to hunt for them. It, they, like I said, it's you know four to a table, and it's it's going to be crowded in there because there's a lot of cool stuff going on. So. Check that out. You want to do one more, and then uh, you guys. Ha- do you guys have some questions ready? Or, or is okay. Oh, no, <laughs> this guy over here, he he nodded like, oh yeah, yeah. I, I got Uh-oh. questions. We're gonna I, get it. Uh, uh-huh. One last thing that I saw. That, uh, it, it's at one of these smaller booths. It looks kind of interesting. Telefingers. Um, it's a glove, but it also has a, a part of it that will uh, actually allow you to use uh, your iPhone or iPad Touch, which has a capacitive. Uh, Technology and uh, my assumption is that it doesn't work too well if you wear gloves. So, uh, so they figured out how to make a glove that you can also uh, control your device if you're uh, uh, in frigid conditions. And I guess with that, it is now time for Stump the Geek. Stump the Geeks. All right. So I'm going to come out with a mic. Our friend at the soundboard is going to make this mic work for us. So since you uh, go ahead and stand up, introduce yourself, and, uh, and, and ask us your question, we'll take it from there. All right, I'm Max Estes. I have a MacBook Pro. It's it has the keyboard. Before they started making standard uh, 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 expose buttons on it, so I have at the beginning on the F1 through F5 or so, it's brightness, darkness, or then volume and mute. Yeah. 
My F1 and my F3 key stopped working. Uh, that's irrelevant. But now I can't darken my display unless I go through the system preferences. Is there any way to move that button to one of the other F keys that don't have any pre-assigned functions? That's a good question. John, do you have a... Uh, oh, i got to watch I don't uh, fall off the stage here. Do you have a, uh, a thought on this? That's a good... So you're saying they physically don't work anymore, that they, they were somehow damaged? Hmm... You know, my, my first thought would be to check out macro programs, right? Uh, like a quick keys sort of thing or um, keyboard maestro. And they probably, in fact, I'm almost certain. Let's see if I can pull up keyboard maestro here. We'll put it on the big screen if, uh, if I yeah, can. Yeah, you're on the right track. I actually found, uh, or, or, yeah, you're going in the right direction. It would have to be uh, uh, something that Remax thing. I, I see one here, double command. That one is yeah. uh, looks to be an open source. That won't do it because it claims it lets you remap keys. Yeah. Key remap for the MacBook. Oh, that's my fourth one here. Key remap for the Digit 4 MacBook. Okay, works cool. under 10.4 and 10.5. So that, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, there, you, it, you're, you're probably going to have to tr trigger an Apple script unless there's some API that, that does it, which there probably is. But, uh, but you know, key, a keyboard maestro or a key remap. So there you go. That'll do it. They say it'll also flip the option and enter key for uh, for those of you that have the, the the that old wacky keyboard that's you know the keys are oh the newer ones that's right that's right yeah the newer ones have that so key remap is that, is that what we're calling it okay key remap four four of course because that's important all right cool do we have uh, another question anybody any nobody we got to come up with our own questions we have to stump ourselves well, over here you you all right you can, yeah yeah. Stand up. I'm going to give you the microphone. Oh, no, I'm not. Because he's got speakers. You come over here. <laughs> it's safer this way, trust me. We don't want all these people leaving because we're squealing feedback. So. All right, I'm Connor P. from the International Mac Podcast. I keep all my documents on my iDisk, and ever since I upgraded to Snow Leopard, I have links to different folders in my iDisk on my Finder sidebar. And since I upgraded to Snow Leopard, they refuse to stay. Yeah, they do. They go away. Um, that's one of the reasons I actually moved all my documents to Dropbox. Uh, because the ones for... Well, here, so here's, here's something, and we'll talk about the question. Maybe you've got a, a thought for him, John. But um, the issue is that drive uh, becomes unmounted, and then the finder loses all of the stuff in the sidebar there, and it, it won't remap them in Snow Leopard. Um, the, one issue that I have with the iDisk is, is exactly that, that it's a separate, the system sees it as a separate drive. And if you ever are in a situation where you've got to pull all your data off your iDisk and recreate it or go through any of that, you, you're stuck with now you've changed all your modification dates for all your files. And I've got files on my computer now, February 18th, 2008 was the last day I had to do that. And, uh, and so now I've got stuff that's 10 years old and yet modified February 18th, 2008. And that's a pain in the neck because, it, you know, sometimes I like to look and, okay, what did I do in 1998, you know, on this file? And, yeah, I'm a pack rat, but that's okay. So that's, that's why I moved to Dropbox because Dropbox does that same cloud syncing, but it's doing it 
with a folder that exists as a folder on your drive and there's nothing else and Time Machine backs it up properly whereas with the iDisk Time Machine backups doing it in slices like you know these two departments at Apple didn't really communicate on that so that's mm. I don't know. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, John. Uh, but. One thought. I don't know. I, but, but there is an iDisk syncing mode. Do you think that would help if you enable that? I typically don't enable that. that that's, that's what makes it even worse. Because when you enable the iDisk syncing mode, it creates a, a disk image on your Mac right. of your iDisk. And that's when, it, that's when it gets even worse. So, yeah, Dropbox is much better. Um, I believe the code, if you want 250 megs extra, it's bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash bonus D-B, B-O-N-U-S-D-B, and that'll sign you up for Dropbox for free. You'll get two gigs plus an extra 250 megs, and uh, and somebody else get. oh, my brother gets the extra 250 megs because John and I are all s- stocked up. We, it, it's a you know referral code thing, but uh, my brother can use some, some good karma these days. So, yeah. um, All right, uh, we had another question over here. I'm going to ask you to step out because if we don't want to scare people with the feedback. Greetings. Uh, my name's Alan. Um, I, I've got an, uh, a MacBook Pro and an iMac, uh, both on Snow Leopard. And the MacBook Pro can see the iMac in places, in Finder, but it disappears. And the only way I can see it again is to reset the router, which is a Netgear router. I don't know if you're aware of this problem. I think so. I think you, 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 uh, we, you and I talked about this to prep another question recently. Remember? I believe what we... So what's happening is... Um, Did you say it was disappearing? It's uh, disappearing. Oh. Do you, do you, we talked about this. I think. I talked about it with somebody. Maybe I dreamt it. Anyway... Um, setting a static IP for that computer as opposed to letting it get its IP from DHCP um, and, and to translate that into human terms, your computer gets an, its address automatically from the router. Uh, what can happen is if that address changes for some reason, it can cause that thing where computers disappear from the, from the places sidebar for sharing and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, on, those, on those routers that are not reassigning the same address to the computer regularly, uh, that the, the solution is manually assign your own IP address in, in the range that, you know, that, that exists for your router, and you should be good to go. Okay. Yeah, it's coming back to me now. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Another question? Some, uh, here we go. Are you getting up to leave, sir, or are you uh, asking a question? Okay. <laughs> Greetings. Hi, it's uh, Ranger Lefty from Mill Valley, California. Okay. Yeah, I sent you the haiku last year. How you doing? Okay. Uh, Apple Mail, uh, pop account, uh, click on an email to delete, click the delete icon, look in the trash, no email there. Take another email from an inbox, drag it to the trash, the email's in there. Why are emails not in the trash can when you highlight an email in the inbox and click the delete icon. Interesting. Can, and, and you're able to replicate this 100% of the time? Okay. Um, this is Apple Mail? Yep. Okay, that's your bag. I know. I was hoping it would be your bag. No, because deleting mail works fine in Eudora, Dave. <laughs> John F. Ron, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, 
My first guess would be you may have an issue with the mailbox. Have you tried rebuilding the trash mailbox? What's that? It, yeah, okay. It, it, is, it, is it putting it... Well, but pop... Hang on, hang on, hang on. Talking to the mic. There's two trashes. There's one in the mail and there's one in the system. If you physically drag it from mail to the system, it'll be there. If you just hit trash in the mail, it's going to put it to the mail trash. You're not talking about the finder trash can, are you? Okay. If you physically drag it to the desktop or uh, dock trash can, it's going to be there. But the normal way to empty, tra- hit delete, it puts it in the mail trash. And you, are you are you talking about the mailbox child trash? Inside, you're dragging it inside to the, the Apple Mail trash box. Yeah. Okay, I, th- I don't think he's dragging it to the trash can yet. Yeah. Um, so re- try rebuilding the mailbox. That's what I would do. Um, and, and if that... I don't know where else it would go. Reinstall Apple Mail? Well, you, you, can, you can do that. Um, yeah. All right. We've got more thoughts here. Crowdsourcing. You've got to come over here. He's going to turn me down if I go too far. This is a further question regarding uh, Apple's mail. Um, occasionally, uh, when I try and send an outgoing mail, I get a, uh, a message that says, uh, can't do it on this server, SMT, SMPT server. There's a long list. I, I keep hitting other ones, and it never works. Why? <laughs> Why all these Apple Mail questions, John? Um, That's more an SMTP question. It's more an SMTP I, I've run into question. that, go too. Ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I mean, the thing is, the SMTP server that, you know, like, I, I run into this when I do use Eudora, so here's a downside, but if the domain that the mail's coming from is not the same domain of the SMTP server, it's going to get kind of cranky, or at least, like, for example, if I tried to send outgoing mail right now and I'm, I'm pointing to opt online, well, we're getting something. Okay. Um, it's going to say, no way, because I, I, I don't want to talk to you because you're not supposed to talk to me. So I don't know if it's, it's really a mail problem. Yeah, that, that's... Uh, I can stay on this one. <laughs> I'm confusing the other port. <laughs> Sorry, thank you. Um, yeah, th- so if you're if you're using, and and it could be that your mail server is just unresponsive for that particular moment, or there's some issue. But then that gets Apple Mail headed down this this path, spiraling out, where it's saying, "Well, let's not use this one. Let's try all these others." Um, the solution is find an outgoing mail server that you trust that you can use from anywhere by authenticating to it. So in, in John's situation, he's talking about using the one from his internet service provider, which is great when he's connected via his internet service provider at home. However, if he's here or at a hotel or somewhere else, he can't send through there because they don't want to let just anyone send through their mail server. This is very reasonable on their part. Um, they don't. It doesn't sound like they support remote sending via authentication. So you can use Gmail if you want. Uh, you can use Mac.com if you've got a mobile me account. Uh, and all of these, and, and there's some others. You know, if you've got a web hosting account somewhere, you might have one. Uh, certainly, if you have, you know, if you're paying for an email account somewhere that's not part of your internet service provider, you're going to have the option of sending mail via their servers from anywhere, and you do it by using SMTP authentication, and it's just username and password uh, is what that is. So uh, I, I set mine up 
so that no matter when I'm sending mail, I'm always sending through one mail server that lets me send from anywhere. And that way I don't have to change when I get to a hotel or, or anything like this. So, um, yeah. Yeah, 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 okay. Do we have a, a, a non-Apple mail question or is this just going to be how it goes today? Right. Dennis? Hi, my name You're a podcaster, so you can hold the mic. Just keep it close to your mouth. I'm no good at it, though. My name is Dennis from California. And I hate to put you on the spot, but uh, at the end of every show, you say, don't get caught. And what prompted that? Where did that originate from? And thanks for the premium episodes, by the way. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, Yeah, we say don't get caught uh, at the end of every episode um, because, you know, we have to say something at the end. So does anybody have uh, any other questions? Um, I'll say the thing is, I think, I don't know how much we want to talk about our pretty sure we just want to ask more questions at this uh, point so dan save me (laughs) i got caught once hey guys it's dan bach from dansmath.com i have a math poser for john um today john i drove over here at 40 miles an hour and i'm wondering how fast do i have to drive home to average 50 miles an hour for the round trip (laughs) what (laughs) it's a long podcast would that be 60 that instinctually, that's what I would guess and would be wrong. So we're getting some uh, yeah. back here. Well, okay, so stand up. I mean, you, you hijacked the show. Now you gotta, you got to put us back on track, so you got to answer this question. Otherwise, come on out. It's all right. We're getting some feedback, so I don't want to... Uh, it's, hey, you know, it's the way audio works. Talk loud. Well, it's just to point out that the obvious answer may not be true. And it's the power of algebra that allows us to solve this. So I'm, I'm up here volunteering to have John figure it out and announce it on your next show. Okay. You don't have to do it now. Okay. All right, thanks. Would it be so that, that's like one of those uh, Chinese uh, proverbs made up things, right, that we were doing this morning with David Pope. That's right. Okay, that's great. Thanks, Dan. He saved me, but I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah. You get to stand out here. We just we just have issues with the speakers and the microphone. Okay, so sorry to do this to you, Linda from San Jose. This is another mail question. However, this is odd. I called uh, Apple Care on it, and they said they'd never seen nor heard of it ever before, ever. So, so, <laughs> well, I figure you guys can crowdsource it if if nothing else. Um, so the deal is is that I have a, a a tower running Leopard and a laptop running Snow Leopard. And mail, IMAP, and mail on the tower will come up, so the leopard machine will come up sometimes, intermittently, don't you love it, uh, with everything blank. So I click on inbox and nothing is in there. And normally there's, you know, like 600 email messages in there. I click on a... F- That's your problem. You need to, uh, you need to clean out your inbox. No. I, well, I, I actually have done some cleaning out, and it's, done, it's appeared after the clean out, after some mail steward stuff. So, um, so um, it will also do it not only in the inbox, it will do it on a, a folder that is on the IMAP server, which is G, happens to be Gmail's IMAP server, and it will also do it on, the, on my Mac, you know, stuff, a folder that I have on, the, on my Mac local. It, it is, does not do this at all, period, on the laptop. And I know I could upgrade to Snow Leopard probably and solve it. But I'm just, you know... All right, so just to, uh, to make sure we understand this question, it's not just a user interface glitch where you're not seeing the messages, but it's actually wiping them out from the server? 
it will come back if I restart mail most of the time. Occasionally it doesn't even then. It still comes up white, but it does not wipe them out. No, there's nothing. Is, there's nothing. So, so it's a user interface thing that you're just not seeing. Okay. Um, well, you know, uh, re try rebuilding the mailbox. That's the first thing I would do. It, that, uh, you know, it sounds like there's some damage or an index. I mean, it, it, I, I, I don't... If there was an issue where mail was blanking out it, it, things like that, we would have heard more about it, right? So it, it sounds like there's, there's something wrong, it, you know, and, and so I would look at the data uh, and, and, and ju just to rebuild your mailbox is very simple. You just highlight the mailbox, you go up to the messages menu and choose rebuild, and it'll go, and with IMAP, it, it nukes the mailbox and pulls everything back down from the server. But it rebuilds the mailbox, it rebuilds the indexes uh, to a point. The other thing you can do is rebuild mail's envelope index, which you do, the easiest way to do it is run a program called Onyx. It's free, and it's got an option in there to rebuild the, uh, the mail index, so that's... I, uh, you know. um, well, one thought from my experience. Now, I did have one time um, a problem with Eudora where things got corrupted. Thank goodness. Thank goodness for Time Machine because what I did was go to a slightly earlier version of the particular mailbox and everything was swell. So I think we suggested a rebuild, um, that, uh, and that's probably what I, the preferred thing. But as a you know, backup plan, uh, if you're doing Time Machine, which, which everybody should be, um, go to like, one from like a day or a week, week ago. You may lose some things, but... All right, how are we doing on time here? We can we can take some more questions if you people are into it. Hey, um, you know, I got these uh, tickets here. There's a party uh, tonight that we're throwing, Cirque to Mac, and then there's a party that Macworld's throwing tomorrow night, Macworld Blast. Does anybody want tickets? <laughs> now the hands go in the air. All right, so who wants a ticket with a question? All right. Question or, ah, oh, Dave. What's that? What? We'll get her. What, 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 Question. What, we got. Right we got more. Uh, we'll, well, I'll, I'll come to you. We got. She, the, the hand wave. You got to come in the middle, though. That's part of the deal. <laughs> Not about the mail. Hey. All right. So, what kind of ticket do you want? Do you want Cirque? Huh. All right. Thank you. Okay. Now you can ask your question since it's not about mail. Okay. I have my iTunes library on an external drive. It's on a Drobo. Sometimes I get the message in iTunes, oh, I can't save to this, and then I wait a few minutes and it works again, and when I'm trying to play music off my iTunes, it'll play the first song, then when it gets the second song, it'll play a couple seconds, stop, think about it, and then continue through, and it does it for every single song after that. Okay, uh, so the issue is the Drobo. And I love the Drobo. Uh, even, even he agrees. All right, there we go. We got, now, we've, now we're crowdsourcing it. So the, the Drobo is... Um, the, the concept behind the Drobo, it's important to understand the way it works. It's multiple drives in an enclosure that appear to your Mac as one place to store data, essentially one, one drive. Uh, it's not quite RAID. It's their own magic secret sauce, and it's actually pretty darn cool. Uh, but it's also, uh, because it's got four hard drives in it, it has the potential to chew up a lot, of, uh, a, lot of a, a lot of energy. And so they spin those drives down when it's not in use. And it takes all four of those drives quite some time to spin up, you know, usually five to ten seconds. And so if you're seeing lags like that, that's, that's the reason for it. And the answer may simply be, uh, don't 
store your iTunes library on a Drobo, or, or or maybe you know create some Apple script that keeps the drive spinning by touching a file out there. I don't know if that would do it. I don't know how smart the drives are if they do some write caching, but uh, but. Uh, yeah, you could you could create an Apple script that's just constantly touching a file out there, writing you know writing to a file, or even just using the terminal command touch and the name of a file, and that will cause. I think that would probably keep the drive awake. Uh, I, I think, but that's the that's the issue. You got uh, you got anything to add here, John? No. No. Great. Excellent. Questions for tickets? Yeah. Oh, he see see how smart he is. I start walking that way, and he turns me off. All right, so you have to come over here, ma'am. <laughs> I, I can't go much further than here, otherwise he cuts us off. And I, I'm sorry I have to do this, but I have to shove the microphone in your face again. Um, I just recently upgraded to Snow Leopard, and I'm very happy with it, with one exception. When you empty the trash, you're forced to do a secure empty trash, which takes longer. And I looked for keyboard shortcuts for you know, just the regular empty, and they don't work. Everything is the secure empty crash. John, I, I think there's a system preference that's going to save us. While I negotiate tickets with her, can you... Uh, all right, cool. So what kind of... You don't want tickets? Oh, oh, no. We can talk about it, though. Pretend. All right. Okay, good. Thank you. John? Wait, was the statement the default is secure empty? You... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the you default want... is secure empty trash, I think. So with a keyboard shortcut, you want to do a regular t- empty trash? Because there is. I use it all the time. It's shift, command, delete. Is that, is that, is that, is that right? Are we, are we heading, okay, okay. I do this all the time. I believe there, there was a, a setting in Snow yeah, Leopard the, to turn that off. Well, Am the problem I, is these are obscure. These, I hate this. This is one thing I hate. Yeah, 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 right. Shift, yeah, yeah, yeah. option, delete. All right, so we'll, we'll vamp here for the benefit of the listening audience. Well, oh, here we go. Yeah, here we go. Okay, so in the, if it, it's not in system preferences. It's in finder. You've got a finder, preferences, and then in advanced. Oh, hey, you know what? Oh, we can't show him on the screen. My screen keeps going black. He's going to turn my screen on. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, there it is. Empty trash securely, and if you uncheck that, it will, uh, it will do, ex- or at least in theory, will do exactly as it's told. So. The, the one problem is that the, the, most of the icons in the menus, the shortcuts, are almost like hieroglyphics and that I don't know what they mean. The, the one for empty trash is actually pretty straightforward. It shows an up arrow, shift, the uh, uh, command or the clover uh, symbol, and then a key with an X through it, which is delete. And even that's not entirely clear, but it's easier for me to read than other things. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. Here I come. People are making me work today. Cirque tickets. What's that? Cirque tickets. Oh, do you have a question for us? All right, go ahead. So uh, I've been listening to your podcast for a while, and uh, it seems like you've been wanting to avoid any commentary on the iPad. So I'm going to take this opportunity to ask you what your opinion, and John, what your opinion is of the iPad. Uh, Are you going to buy it? And uh, how would you use it? Sure, yeah. This is where you cut me off. (laughs) Hey, wait, wait. I can't cut you off yet. Is, Is one enough? Okay. But well, we did have some commentary on the iPad. Yeah, it was I, in a premium show. Ah, oh, that's right. Okay, well, yeah, we could. I'm happy to talk a little bit about the iPad. Oh, absolutely. I, 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 I don't know. It if lets it, me sit down for a couple more minutes. I mean, my initial 
uh, feedback was, uh, so I had used some of the early uh, Microsoft tablets. So there was Microsoft Windows XP Tablet Edition, and I used two, uh, Fujitsu, which was keyboardless, and also Toshiba, which was a hybrid, uh, and you used the stylus. Um, in my opinion, that was poorly executed because it seemed the thought was, let's take away the keyboard, put a stylus, and then see if people find this useful. Um, and it was funny because even today I, I saw a tweet from, uh, or somebody retweeted something Bill Gates said. Bill Gates said that, well, you know, the iPad's going to be a failure unless it comes to the stylus. He's just not going to get over it. So, um, so if they had released a device like that, I would have guaranteed it would have been a failure. But they, they thought it out. Um, I personally think it's, it's in a space that hasn't been addressed, and, and it kind of is a different paradigm, is that it's more an appliance than a computer, and I kind of disdave a little bit because I, I think a lot of people are asking for features that I don't know if you necessarily need, or, or at least not most people. I don't know if you really need a file system or need to know it's there. Um, and multitasking, uh, you know, there is limited uh, capability, but a lot of people, you're, you're going to be doing email or surfing or playing a game. You probably, uh, I don't know if a lot of people really have a need for it. So, so I think they identified a good space. And to me, the price point was just amazing. I was expecting, you know, everybody said, and, and you know they did kind of the controlled leak thing. I mean, everybody was floating out under $1,000, which basically means $999. When they said $499 for the basic model, I think that's a, a sweet spot because those other tablets were fairly pricey, and I, I don't think they were worth it. And 10 hours, I think, battery life, that's good, too. The other ones were heavy, bulky, and, and the battery technology. So I think, um, I personally think they're going to have... Uh, a hit, and as an Apple stockholder, I certainly hope that they do. So, uh, at the risk of repeating myself, you're right. We haven't talked a whole lot about this on the show. I've talked about it on other people's shows. I wrote about it on uh, MacObserver.com, but I, I guess, yeah, I guess we didn't really go too deep uh, on this. Going into the iPad announcement, my thought was, okay, you know, Apple's not a company on the ropes. They don't have to. Uh, you know, they're not banking on the next new product to save their day. You know, they're doing just fine. In fact, you know, it's not in their best interest to release some dog. They, you know, they should only release things. And they're smart people at Apple. You know, so, of course, that, you know, that's what they're going to do. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and so, I, I, you know, I went into the, the iPad announcement thinking, that, okay, they finally figured it out, you know. And then I saw it. I kind of scratched my head. I'm like, huh, yeah, makes sense from a user interface standpoint, but yeah, I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't quite do it for me. And then we got to the end of the, of the, key, of the whatever, and there were two things that were sort of out of character, and, and one of them was that they showed accessories for it. Now, they rarely show, Apple rarely sells accessories for its own products, let alone shows them off when they introduce the product, and especially for a product that doesn't exist yet. <laughs> Or at least isn't it, it exists, but you, we can't purchase. And the first was uh, a case. It was like, oh, great! You know, the first of hundreds of thousands. We need that. Perfect. And then they showed the iPad plugged into this keyboard dock thing, right? And it was at that moment it was like, oh, I think I see where they're going with this. And I think, you know, to me. The iPad, look, this form factor of a laptop, when in the world do we want this folded keyboard thing? You know, sitting here might be the only time. On an airplane, no. On the couch, no. In a hotel room, yeah, maybe. 
But, you know, if I'm, I'm running around with my laptop in my bag and I want to look something up quick, I've got to take it out. I've got to unfold the thing. I've got to go through this whole, this paradigm sucks. So, you know, the iPad is, is the right way to do it. It is the concept to replace the, the MacBook and then probably the MacBook Pro. There, there's some things that need to happen, though. Um, there's some things I think need to happen. And, and it perhaps is because, you know, I'm a geek and I've been raised on computers. The rest, of the, the rest of the world may not think this way. But I think there needs to be some sort of application switching. It, I don't think we need multitasking in the way that everybody rants about it, but we need some sort of application switching. And the App Store thing, it's fine if Apple wants to, to do that, but this whole concept of not duplicating functionality that we've had this issue with the iPhone, I think in order for the iPad to be a success in the way that, that I've just described, that has to go away. If I want to have four different calendar programs on the iPad, let me. I'll pick the one that I want. It's okay if that's not Apple's. You know, um, and, and I've, so I've never really gotten that duplicate functionality. It sounds like BS to me. Um, but I mean, I, I grok why they did it with the iPhone, but I think with the iPad, that's kind of got to go away. Uh, so that's my thought. Yeah, I will buy one. Uh, yeah, I, 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 but I don't know if I would buy one if this wasn't my job. Uh, I'll buy one so that I have one, but I'm not sure if I'd buy it yet. Um, but but I'm very interested in the device, and I think I think three years down the road, it, you know, the MacBook doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. That's my well, that's, that's my philosophy. Bold. Now, I'm actually thinking. Now I don't know if I, I, I'm happy with what I have here, but I'm thinking my mom's next computer. It's probably going to be an iPad because she basically does eBay, surfing, email, likes to play Scrabble and a few different things here. And right now she has, and my, my family's hardcore here, she's got an iBook G4, okay? <laughs> and um, it's, it's nearing the end of its life. I mean, I don't think I even updated it to, uh, I, I think it's on Tiger. Um, I, think, uh, I think you can go one step beyond that. But um, everything, and, and she, oh, this is even worse. Okay, you think I'm bad with Eudora? She's still re- running Outlook Express. The Mac edition, and it works. It works fine. So, but but I think for for my mom, who is is not highly technical, uh, this would be a, a nice next computer because it has the keyboard. If it didn't have the keyboard, I that, that would have yeah. been a that would have been terrible. Yeah, I think I think with the keyboard, you know, you, you at your desk, you've got it plugged into the dock. There's no reason you couldn't have a second monitor, or you know, if you're going to have extra drives or whatever, you know, I mean, this this whole thing, the keyboard dock can be that that connection, but then when you want to go, you just grab the screen, and you've got all the stuff you want with you in a form that, that is very portable, whereas this is, you know, it's, it's, it, it works, but it sucks. So, anyway, that's, uh, that's that. Do we, um, y- you know, we're here, we're at Macworld Expo, so I want to talk a little bit, uh, I want to take a minute to uh, use our soapbox, as it were. And talk a little bit about Macworld Expo and, and my feelings on it. And, and I don't know, we, we didn't talk about prepping this, so I don't know what, I don't know what you're going to say, uh, um, which is good. Well, no, I hinted, <laughs> we'll a, hinted a little bit before. I mean, yeah. number one, I don't feel you need Apple to make this event successful. It's not about Apple, and I, I think they're actually making a bad move by not supporting their community, but that's their decision. Uh, on the other hand, if you want to find out what Apple's up to, you walk right down the street and you go to the Apple store. There you go. There's there's your uh, your, your Apple uh, input. So, um, but I don't know. Based on what I'm seeing here, uh, I mean, it looks pretty mobbed. It is a smaller show floor. Some vendors did bow out. But um, I, I think the nature of it may change a little bit. You know, there's a lot of, you know, they got Moscone West now for the conference sessions. Yep. But um, I, I, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to keep coming here every year. 
Yeah, so, you know, the, the question is, it, you know, will Macworld continue? Is, is this the last one? And I think it's entirely possible that this is the last one. It's also entirely possible that it's not. Really? Yeah, well, sure. Because here's the thing. This is great, but I don't think that this is sustainable for IDG on a financial level, okay? Uh, they, you know, they've got a staff that they pay year-round. I don't, I don't know. I haven't seen their numbers. But my guess is that this isn't worth their while to do at this level. Uh, they've done, I'm not going to say they've done everything they could. Uh, they've done a lot. Maybe some of it was too late. Maybe some of the, the price discounts that they were offering to exhibitors at the last minute came too close to the last minute. Uh, and then there's also people that wouldn't have exhibited here anyway because of the whole Apple thing and they're taking this look and wait and see approach. So IDG did this. I don't know if they're going to make money this year, but if they do, uh, my guess is it's not very much. I don't know, I don't know what they're going to say about that, but that's just my personal guess. Again, I don't have any inside information. However, uh, they've done their thing, right? They've, they've put this show together. They committed to making it happen. They made it happen with the people that were willing to make it happen with them. There's a lot of people sitting on the sidelines. Companies, not us. We're all here, right? And I, I mean, attendees, you know, there's a lot of attendees here. I mean, look, the, the, the halls are full of people. It's great. All these companies, my message to them, and, and, and I think if you agree with this, echo it to them, please. But all these companies that aren't here, and, 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 or the ones that are but don't have a booth and are sitting at the top of the stairwell here giving press demos and that, you know, that's fine. But you can't leech off of this community and expect this, this event to continue to exist. If you want this to happen, you know, IDG, you know what you're going to get from IDG. So you just got to decide, is this important? And if it is, pony up and do it. And if you don't, walk away and know that this is gonna, not going to happen next year. And so if you want to meet all these customers or you want to meet all the press or any of that, you know, you're probably going to want to beef up your travel budget because uh, you're going to need to drive or fly or whatever all around the country. And I know I am. It's going to suck if I don't get to come here and meet with 200 different companies. I'm going to have to fly all over creation to get to meet with all these people. And, and that's, that, that stinks. So uh, I, I, I really hope, and I know I'm, I'm ranting, but I really do hope that, uh, that enough of the industry decides that this community event is worth it. And yes, IDG needs to make money in order for this to continue, uh, at least with them organizing it, uh, you know, because that's, that's how the world works. So one, one thing you brought up, because yeah. I'll typically go through the emails that we get, invites from uh, vendors. I don't know if this should be a fish shake or just a finger wag, but... I was looking through the email for their booth number, and there wasn't one because they're leeching off the event. To me, that is a pretty crummy thing to do. Yeah. To say, oh, me, yeah, we're going to be in California. It's like, yeah, but we're not going to exhibit at the show. You're going to have to set up something outside of Macworld. And uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't think that's a very... Nice no, it, well, things. you know, it, it, in the past it didn't matter because there was critical mass of exhibitors and that, uh, it, you know, you could tolerate that or whatever. But it, now it, it, is the, uh, it is that which, that upon which the future of Macworld Expo hangs, right? If, if these exhibitors won't, if these people come companies won't exhibit, this isn't going to happen because I really don't think, that, th this size show, it's good, right? There's 220, I think, exhibitors here, if, if my numbers are right. It's not bad. It's, it's a good showing. And like I said, you know, we've got more cool stuff that we found that we didn't even mention yet. There's tons of stuff on the floor, but there needs to be more people here. And there are way more companies in this market that aren't here. 
and and yet they live off of this market. So that you know, yeah, we can all yell at Apple for not coming, but there's a lot of other people we can yell at for not coming too. And let's face it, Apple was never our friend, never our friend. There were days when their needs were aligned with the needs of this community, and so we were marching along in lockstep, but we weren't holding hands. Uh, you know, and, and I don't fault Apple for this because they haven't changed their tone at all. And I don't think it was a, you know, a mean-spirited thing when they called IDG and said, look, we're not going to come next year. It was just, hey, this, you know, we're going this way, and you guys are going this way, and you know, it just doesn't make sense for us. So it's cool. You know, keep doing what you're doing. We're not going to try and stop you. you know, I, I, I don't... I I don't fault Apple, but I do fault all the other companies. I really do. And so. I, I want an East Coast show. Yeah, good luck with that. I don't think... I think it hasn't worked get, out in Boston or New York City. one, John. Yeah. I, think, I think one is, is what this market supports. So um, we've got a couple more minutes here. Yes. Do we want to uh, we want to take some more questions yeah, yeah, and yeah. give up more tickets? Is there any, anything uh, else you want to mention, John? Yeah, yeah, I got it. I got it. I'm just vamping here while I'm picking up my tickets and giving uh, our friend a chance to turn on the magic microphone here for me. All right, you got to stand up, though. You know the rules. And i got to shove the mic into your face. So as long as you're okay with that, let's roll. I'm Steve from Bakersfield, and uh, it's another mail question. Um, I, a mail won't accept uh, a mail from, the, um, from a mail server if it doesn't recognize the certificate. And um, usually when that happens, it will bring up a dialog box showing you the certificate and giving you the option of kicking it out or uh, accepting it. But when it doesn't do that, I can't get mail to come up and I can't get that uh, um, dialog box to ask for the certificate. Uh, how do I induce mail to uh, bring up the uh, option to uh, certify that certificate? That's a good question. That's a really, did, you a wanna, question. did you want a party ticket? Tonight, tomorrow night, both? Two for tonight. Okay. Um, I think so, I know. Uh, so... so. The question was, you so you're getting mail, and the certificate, you're getting a certificate, unknown certificate warning or a certificate? Uh, hang on. If it, if it, yeah, just for the benefit of the listening audience, if it, if it doesn't, if it doesn't recognize, uh, or the certificate's not valid, it won't accept it. So the certificate needs to authenticate. All right. And it's like when you're when you're browsing to a website that doesn't have a certified certificate, you get that little warning that comes up that says yes, allow this, or no, don't go here. Uh, it's the same thing that happens in mail. It's just it's and in right. fact, the certificates are managed in the same place. Yes. So I think what you need to do is, and I actually ran into this uh, issue with uh, uh, Microsoft Messenger. Same thing. You're going to need, I think, the the, the source to send you uh, .cer export a certificate. When you click on it, and, and at least this happens with Messenger, and I would imagine the same thing um, with Safari and with anything that expects a certificate, is you're going to have to pull in a certificate. It, it's usually a .cer file. When you click on it, it pulls it into your keychain, and then everything is great. So, uh, so I'm not sure who, if it's an individual or it's coming from a certain place, but I think you may have to import a certificate in order for this to happen. Um. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I know there's a. It, it, they don't show up in the keychain for me, um, but yeah, you could. But that's that's it. You could pull that in and then and then force authenticate that certificate. Um, I'm not sure. Does anybody happen to know where you can where you can touch those? I don't think so. Okay. 
No, I think they're there. It, are they in, it, well, it should be in keychain access. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm looking for the one from our mail server. Oh, but it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have put it there. Right, right, because our mail server is, is self-authenticating. So, yeah, when, you, when you've pulled that certificate in and accepted it, uh, it, it will put it in your keychain. And you can go in there, and I believe you can uh, double-click on it and go to the trust. Um, so here, here's, uh, yeah, here's one. So you find the certificate, and you twist trust, and you can say always trust, which if the certificate is non-self-authenticating, I think you do want to always trust it. But I've got this gentleman back here that... Uh, don't worry about it. Don't worry about the broken chair. That's right. <laughs> it's a rock and roll event. Uh, yeah, yeah. So we've got... Uh, so you can hold the mic or I can, but you've got to really swallow this thing. Yeah, not a problem. Uh, John Buna from Sierra Vista. What probably is a, the problem you're experiencing is if the certificate is issued by a different domain than the domain the mail is coming from. If that is the case, which is 90% of the time, there is no way of getting around it. You always have to go in and authenticate the trust. And there's just that's just part of the certificate issuing authority problem. So either you go back to who's ever issuing the certificate and get the issuer and the domain to be the same, or you always have to go in and click on trust generally about once a day. But that's 90% of what the problem is. Thank you. That, uh, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, now that you explain it. Thank you. Um, yeah, you know, it, certificates are cheap. You can get them for, I think, a couple hundred bucks or whatever. I mean, you don't need to go nuts. So whoever's running that mail server, just tell them, look, go to GoDaddy. In 10 minutes, you'll have a certificate. You can install it. They give you dummy instructions to install it on the server. I've done it. It's easy. And, it, you know, it, it's, you just follow their thing. You copy and you paste and you put it there and everything's good to go. So you got anything else? We have uh, one more, maybe, maybe two more questions. I got one way in the back. I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. Stand up. Say your name, swallow the mic, please, sir. Mike from San Mateo. I actually inherited a G3, and all of a sudden, about two weeks ago, the CD-ROM drive started smoking. So I shut the computer off, I took the CD-ROM drive out, tried to look at it, everything looked fine. I called um, Mac, they said put a new one in. So I bought one, put a new one in, and it won't read any CDs. The drive doesn't even come up. Okay. So you should get your first CD-ROM drive a patch, right, to keep it from smoking? No, never mind. Um, oh. Do you want party tickets? Are you old enough to come to these parties? I, I don't mean that in a bad way. Two for tomorrow. Take, take those two. One, two. There you go. Um, do you have the answer? I think I do. Okay, well, then we'll come back to you, because we've got to answer his question first. Um, um, I think he had a power surge. I think it's toast. Yeah. Maybe get a new motherboard. Um, I don't even know if you could get a G3 motherboard. Uh, who, who, Shreve or, or some of those Sh other guys? Yeah. You maybe, but I think they're hard to get. But, but I think there was more damage than just that. I, I don't think it was just the drive. Chances are, you know, power came in, went, went through the power supply and hit the drive. But then, you know, the drive also has that other connector on it that's got, you know, DC current going back to the motherboard to exchange data. And my guess is, yeah, that's exactly it. All right. One, one last question, and then, uh, and then we'll try and uh, wrap this thing up. Come on out. You know the drill. 
All right, introduce yourself, swallow the mic. My name is Joe, I'm from Foster City. Uh, I have a question. Um, my girlfriend's MacBook Pro, it's the uh, 2.0 gigahertz one. It uh, has, uh, it gets really hot around the hard drive part. So I just replaced the hard drive, but it's still doing it, with the, even with the new hard drive. So I'm wondering to see if it's a hard drive issue or if there's something in the MacBook that make, will make it heat up. It's just generalized around the hard drive area. You got this one, John? I mean, um, I, I think yes. it's, no. Well, I got some advice here. Uh, there is something that you may want to look at called temperature monitor. There should be a hard drive um, uh, temperature sensor. Get that figure, and uh, I would get online. Uh, typically, the, you know, they'll compile information. I mean, but the thing is, if it's running now, now some of the Macs they gotten better, but some of them did get almost painfully hot because they're dissipating heat through the through the metal. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it ha they have had ones where it is painful. So um. Mine gets that way, or d did. Oh, you know, you could replace it with an SSD drive. They tend to run a lot cooler. I mean, you know, it'll cost you an arm and a leg uh, compared to a hard drive. But yeah, it's. I think it's. It's. It. You know, those drives they're spinning, right? And they're. You know, they're. they're they have to make them very thin. So there's. There's no real tolerance in there. I mean, it's got to dissipate the heat somewhere, and it dissipates it through the case. That, that's. The, they. They make uh, lap pads that you can. You know, you can use to put so that you're not. So if it's not sitting on your. On your lap, uh, we got. We got one comment here, and then we got to wrap this up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got your ticket, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking here. I see 93. Oh, yeah, okay. I'm yeah. sorry. I see 93.2 degrees for my hard drive temperature, if, if that's a reference. So run temperature monitor. If, if it's way above 93.2, then, well, I don't know. Uh, call in and <laughs> ask the question again. Yeah, I don't, I don't, get, uh, I don't get temperature reported from my, my SSD drive. If I can mention, you know, I know SSDs are expensive, but the prices are coming down, but it is the single biggest impact upgrade I've ever done to any computer ever. Two minutes is what I'm hearing. Yeah, okay. Uh, so I definitely, you know, uh, definitely recommend the SSD. So. And on that to, note. On that note, I think that's it. It's time to wrap up. Um, do we have anything else to, that we need to do? If you want tickets, come up and get them. We're going to be here. No, 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 not yet, not yet, not yet. Come up and get them at the end. i got to be real careful here. Holy cow. <laughs> I feel like Jimmy Hoffa about to incite a riot, something like that. Uh, yeah. Whoa. Um, come up and get them at the end. Um, I, I don't know. i got nothing. I got, we, we, we could, we'll be here for a little bit packing up, and then we've got to scoot. I've got a session at 3, my running your Mac lean, clean, and mean over in room 2002 in the West Hall. So if you're a conference attendee and you're interested in that, come on out. We'll have some fun for an hour um, or so over there, too. You got anything else before we... Nope. Just want to thank you all for supporting Macworld, for supporting our show. Um, remember, we have a premium option where you get even more. Oh, you plug it. I got to plug it, too. Yeah, it's good. So anyways, and, and it'll give you a, a warm, special feeling that you're supporting us and podcasting. So. Oh, my gosh. Well, you can call us at 206-66-GEEK, which Dave is. 4335. You can email us at feedback at macgeekgab.com. That was feedback at macgeekgab.com. That's feedback with an F. Two E's, a D, yeah. one B, one C, one K, and one A, just not in that order. Right. You can Skype us. 
right? You can Skype uh, us to Mac Geek Cab. Yeah, yeah, that works. Somebody sent it through the other day. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Thank you so much for coming. This is great. All right. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, and of course, thank you so much for supporting us and being a premium subscriber and uh, all your help over all these years. Really appreciate it. And we'll be back in a couple of days with the, with the next one. Have a good one. And don't get caught. Bye.